Welcome to Ikinari Podcast. I'm Jesse Jace. I'm with Eric Brockwitz. Hi there, everybody. And Matt Gibson. Hello. Oh, now it's gotten kind of musical. Hmm. The way he says hello. Hmm, delightful. Matt, what did you play this week? Oh, so many things. Liar. No, I did. Controversy uh, I, already. You, you, all you played was Destiny. I'm sure of it. I, I played. I played Destiny. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I also played. I finished that Vostok Inc. game I was telling you about. I platinumed mm-hmm. that, so I was happy. And then I played another game called Dead Synchronicity, which is, that- is like a point-and-click adventure, which is really bleak. Oh, it's really kind of like oh, do ooh, oh. So that's all those things. Yeah, no, it was fun. Yeah, and then I played um, uh, Mafia Three. Oh yeah. Oh fuck. Lincoln Clay. Mafia Three is fun. I like it. Really? Okay. Did you get to the part where you got to sneak around in the bayou? Yeah, uh, yeah, I did. Every Uh, enemy soldier is like, I heard something I I don't like. Start of it. I haven't finished it yet because I bought the fractured butthole. Oh fuck! And so I've yeah, been playing okay. that as well. Yeah, how is it? Yeah, it's just like a South Park episode. It's amazing. Yeah, and you fart you on everything. Yeah, right. I did. Yeah, and I got the first one free again for buying this one. Oh, why don't you send it to me? Because yeah, it's digital, bitch. I know. Will you, can't you give me the? No, there's not a share I mean, this game with your friend button. Um, well, as a share play, I mean, you could. Oh fuck that! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, didn't you also play some of the Overwatch Halloween event? Uh, I did, yes. I did play that. I played yeah. very little of it. <laughs> oh. No, and I did all my loot boxes in the arcade uh, this week again. In like one afternoon, I just played the uh, Junkenstein's Revenge, like back to back. I that, really wait, enjoy it. it. Well, hold on. Is it the same thing? No, it's a little bit different. They expanded it a little. Yeah. Uh. You can play but, with other characters. There's oh, like an endless mode. Yeah. Yeah. You can but, play as Torbjorn. And Symmetra's fun. in it. Symmetra's one of like the enemies, the bosses. Oh, okay. With yeah. Her awesome new skin. She looks fucked up. She's like a monster. She's sexy. Oh man, she looks sexy. So wait, are we? Are, are you saying like you're you're back to Overwatch? Uh, I mean, I I don't mind playing the PVE Halloween okay. event. I played some quick play with Jesse last week, and uh, mm. I, I just, like, yeah, I raged. My sodium levels became, like, <laughs> dangerously high. Even just in quick play. My sodium play. levels. <laughs> yeah, even just right. in quick play. It's like, what is everyone doing? Why can't we work as a team? Why are you running over there? Come back. Ah. <laughs> oh, you why know, are you like this? <laughs> Eric and I were talking about this last night, and, like, the problem we have with... Uh, competitive is a problem that we could fix if we just had six people. Yeah, we just well, need I mean, three people. more people. Yeah, we don't need. Yeah, nine. yeah. but yeah. like, uh, but it's well, we so need hard. Tryouts. We have to have tryouts. Tryouts. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> because it's like I don't know. I the people I know who play the game, like I know that they are nice people. I. It doesn't matter how skilled they are, at, like shooting. To me, it's like what we need is like the teamwork part of it, right? Yeah. And I don't know, like, uh, I don't want to, like, later on be like, oh, it didn't work out. Sorry. So mm. I don't know. But you're right. If we had six, it would be awesome. I have a bunch of Japanese friends on PSN that play it still. Yeah. And if, oh, we, I have, if we could get over the language barrier, it might be something. But I don't know. I have loads of PSN friends who play Overwatch, but they, none of them play competitive. They're all like, no, no, thank you. No, oh, no. Oh, man. Because uh, I, I can't speak for y'all, but personally, my, no. uh, my, all of my like, gripes with competitive mode are, are based on the teammates. Yeah. teammates who, rando teammates, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who don't know what we're doing or they don't communicate they don't do their job they change characters mysteriously right and no i mean that's literally the only thing i never right? get like, really like, angry at the enemy teammate the enemy no. players you know not the enemy no 
It's always well, teams. Well, I mean, what, like, you're going to be mad at them for being good? Like, I, yeah. you know. I mean, I sometimes get a little frustrated that I, you know, keep getting killed by the same Sombra or something. Mm. Sure, but, like, you don't hold on to that. Right. You know? No. Like, yeah. 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 And I'll never, like, file a, you know, a, a complaint thing against one of the people on the other team. <laughs> that would be crazy. Right. Yeah, that'd be weird. So, I don't know. I feel like it's yeah. a problem we could fix, but it might take a little bit of work to fix. Yeah. And Well, we'll keep looking. We, well, we've always had a lot of uh, success when there's three of us, like, to be honest. We've won yeah. more than we've lost when it's three of us. Mm. Is because, that true? Yeah, yeah I guess so. because we can influence the game a lot more. Mm. And honestly, and, and as four, too, you know? But yeah. It's like when it's, when it's just two of us... It's uh, it's a bit more like difficult, yeah. yeah. Eric, what were you playing this week? I played. Um, oh, I see. I got Drive uh, Drive Club VR Ooh. for for eight hundred yen, and I was Ooh, like, not oh, bad. yeah, I'll like that's the right price for that game. I'm like, yep, I'll buy that. And uh, wait, what do you I mean? Is the game not very good? No, it's 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 fine. Oh, okay. It's, it's a lot of fun, but like, all right, so hmm, the cars look really cool. Sitting inside a cool car in VR is a great way to use VR because it's like, look, I'm in this expensive car. I can never sit inside hmm. and I'm going to fly off this wall. We like, you know, it was that's a lot of fun. Uh, the draw distance is a problem or not the draw distance, say the resolution distance, right? Um, you need to see. In a racing game, you need to see pretty far in the distance to know, is that curving left or right? Or mm. how steep is that curve? Or, you know. Yeah. So um, that can be a little frustrating, but it didn't end up mattering too much in the end. Uh, because it was 800 yen. Yeah, well, that's the truth. And I, I mean, like, you know, it's a pretty polished game. Like, it's pretty, pretty awesome. I'm yeah. not a huge racing person, so I you know, eventually got a little bit tired of it, but like, it was fun. Yeah, the base game was fun. Yeah. It's a drive club. VR is a totally separate game from drive club. Yeah. It's a, yeah. And I was wondering, I was like, wait, I already have drive club. Can I just put VR into it? No. Like it is a separate game because I don't know for whatever, for VR reasons. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, for 800 yen. Sure. Why the fuck not? Okay. And then, I saw Horizon just sitting there on my on the horizon, my little yeah, on the horizon. <laughs> and uh, I, I had re- I had started New Game Plus a couple a couple podcasts back, uh-huh. uh, and then kind of like maybe let it sit for a little while. And uh, I guess yeah, about four days ago, I started playing again, and it's just completely sucked me in. And I I think I'm gonna I might hundred percent it. Ooh, it's weird. I, I I don't know like I I've never done that. No, game, that's why I ever. said ooh, yeah. Uh, and I don't want to promise because you know I don't know. I said I was going to play more Destiny too, and that. Didn't oh, you're going to disappoint um, a lot of people, Eric. No, I'm just kidding. Everybody, yeah, right. <laughs> but like, I don't. I might. It it's really good. It's yeah, so it's good. good. It's good. And it's so good on the set. And I just, I didn't even realize I was play. I'm playing on uh, the second highest. Uh, difficulty okay uh, very hard and i realized like at th- some point i saw something like there's an option like oh if you beat the game on it new game plus on very hard uh you know you'll get this cool thing and i was like oh shit i feel like I'm, i might be playing i might have put it on easy i don't remember and then i looked and i was like oh i'm playing on very hard and i'm kicking ass this is awesome i love oh. this game yeah, yeah. um have you done really all cool. the um like the hunting ground challenges that's what i finally like because i I couldn't be bothered the first playthrough, uh, and I just I just finished all of them and got all this sweet loot. Yeah, um, that fucking shotgun that you get is it, awesome. awesome. Yeah, it, I didn't even know that ge- that weapon was in the game. Like, what the? F- yeah. <laughs> There's a completely hidden weapon, and I think I saw it in like a YouTube video, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, where is that from? And I was like, oh, probably not that much. Mm. But yeah, uh, Horizons. It's just incredible like yeah it's got a good story and all the gameplay is amazing we've talked about that but what i think what keeps getting me is i keep having that moment of i'm doing this thing and you know in in most open world games the moment that you look for is like i'm doing this thing and i get distracted because i want to do this other thing over here and that's like kind of the mark of a good open world game right Hmm. does that sound fair yeah in this 
It's like, I'm doing this thing, and oh, I have to stop and just look around. This is fucking beautiful. And that happens, like, regularly. Um, to the point where, like, I want to find all the little nooks and crannies of the map just because they're beautiful. So, yeah. That's what I've been doing. How about you, Jesse? I didn't play it that much this week, actually. I, um... I did watch uh, Blade Blue um, Central Fiction Tournament on cable with my daughter because <laughs> oh. uh, she likes watching esports on TV. Um, she also likes Game Center CX. Uh, but what I did play was Dead Rising, the first one, um, oh. because I'm in the middle of making videos of that game. Oh. And... Uh, it's a good. It's like Watch Dogs. Uh, Dead Rising is a good game for making videos if you like to make videos of yourself getting really frustrated and angry. So perfect for you. It's <laughs> yeah. Like I, I experienced levels of anger that I haven't played. I haven't felt while playing a game in quite a while uh, during the, some of the stupid escort missions you have to do in Dead Rising. So uh, those will be that'll be showing up on my YouTube channel in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, that's about all I think I played, really. I might have done a tiny bit of Destiny, and I, mm. I don't think I've touched uh, the Overwatch event since last week. Mm. So, yeah, this... I guess I should probably give it a spin. Yeah, some of the, the skins... The <sighs> Look at the skins, because there is definitely one that I want that I probably won't okay. be able to get. Um, well... It's the Zarya one. No, no spoilers or anything, but it's gnarly. It's tubular, dude. That's a little and bit of a hint. If you don't like the Zenyatta one, Eric, I will be shocked. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, all right. I, I like a good Zenyatta skin. Yeah, that's cool. Um, don't you know what? God damn it! Don't get me started. Fuck! God damn it! Don't <laughs> get me started back on Overwatch. <laughs> I just got free. <laughs> <laughs> You're never completely free. It'll always. Get its hooks back in you. That's right. You God can damn. take the Eric out of Overwatch. <laughs> I can't be able um, to finish that. Yeah, it's fine. Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I kind of messed try, I'm up. Like looking, I'm looking for this like segue. <laughs> no, I, you, we had a perfect segue, but I ruined it by talking about Dead Rising. Um, I forgot that it had happened. Um, so anyway, right, Eric well, was talking just, about uh, there we go. Horizon, right? Yeah, blah, 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 Horizon, it's so beautiful, and you just stop sometimes, and look at the, how beautiful the area around you is. <coughs> While hawking up some phlegm. <laughs> oh, I was, that, was my, that was your cue, Jesse. I'm sorry. That was your cue. I'm sorry, I didn't read the cue. Okay. No, so, I'm sorry. Right. Um, so my mother, my mother listens to this podcast on occasion. Yay, Hello, Eric's, Eric's mom. mom. Yeah, so hi, Mom. Yeah. Hello. Um, and she... Uh, she commented one time on one of the videos that uh, we should do a an episode about scenery. Um, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, I, I want to twist it a little bit so it fits, uh, I don't know, for, for my own evil purposes. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, what if we change it to talking about background, hmm. right? Which is a little bit more open, um, but like also I think kind of encompasses what we'd call scenery, but like things that are um, not the main focus of the game, but serve the other parts of the game and sometimes serve the other parts of the game while being invisible themselves. Yeah. Um, so like, well, I don't know. World building. Yeah. That's definitely an example, you know, I mean, but also granted, like it's also, it's also like, you know, the sky box, like, you know, like, are you watching the skybox? Not that much, you know, but it, without a skybox, it'd be really weird to play a game, right? Yeah. When we were talking um, about it yesterday, Eric, you mentioned about how Horizon has, like, some of the best of both the visual and the aural, like, sound design. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's A-U-R-A-L, everybody. Ar- just, aural. Just, yeah. Not oral, yeah. but aural. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, like Carl with no K. Yeah. Uh, um, that that those both like contribute to the immersion that uh, Horizon can achieve. 
Yeah. Sorry, we keep um, calling it Horizon. We're talking about Horizon Zero Dawn. Ah, uh, whatever. It's anyway. Yeah. Um, I so yeah. I mean, it's everybody knows it's pretty because, duh, if you've seen any videos of it. But uh, I, don't, I guess a lot of different um, open world games are probably good at this, and I just haven't really thought about it. But also, Horizon does this. Um, I was playing and getting really sleepy and like refusing to go to sleep uh i just started like running around in circle i was really out of it uh i started like running with this the camera at a bird's eye view just like straight looking down because it was silly it was just silly like ah, why not whatever screw it around and uh i started like kind of fading in and out and ended up just listening to the sound of like her footsteps and like the foley is a uh, foley is like the you know, the sound that people somebody recorded somewhere so that it sounds like a footstep or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, it's really good. Like I mean, there is kind of a cadence and a rhythm to it. There's kind of a it does repeat, kind of, but it doesn't feel like it's a a loop that they're playing. Um, you know, they have a different pitter pat sound depending on like her speed and like what she's done recently and then like also the terrain sounds really differently you know like if you go from walking on a rock to walking on sand like you can hear that difference if you pay attention while playing the game you never pay attention to that right no and like, you shouldn't you don't right? F- right yeah if you were like oh yes now hold on wait wait now we enter the grass like that would that's that'd be annoying yeah um and I'm not talking about the ho- the tall grass where you're hiding and stuff. I mean, like, just there is grass on the ground, you know? Um, I think the but, only way you would notice it is if it sounded bad. Or if it sounded weird. bad, right? Yeah. Exactly. Or if you're drunk in the middle of the night and have nothing better to do. Um, yeah. Or if it didn't blend so that it stood out and you're like, oh, right. oh, I see. They recorded two different kinds of footsteps. Yeah, but yeah. But the fact right, that you don't right. notice it is, like, proof that they did a good job of, like, blending it into the yeah. game world, I guess. And, and I'm wondering, I'm I'm curious, it'd be interesting to go back and look at, like, how that's developed through games. You know, like, like I'm pretty sure Uncharted 1 would be an interesting place to look at, you know? I'm like, how good was the, was the, was the background sound effects, or were the background sound effects in Uncharted 1? Probably not amazing, but hmm. I'll bet there were some, you know? Uncharted seems like the kind of the kind of se- uh, series, or I'm a little hungover. <laughs> the, kind of, the kind of game where, like, you know, they would have paid attention to that. I just have never noticed before because you're not supposed to. Right. I feel like the um, the on the how do I say it? the advent of the PlayStation like disc-based games era uh, yeah. made a big impact on that because uh, they started being able to store audio as CD quality audio, audio. that yeah. the game would play back from the disc while you're playing the game because it would load all the assets in first and then use the disc-based audio to play the um, music. Or sometimes, I not the not music. I realize that. That's really cool. Okay. Like, uh, it's called... So they, there's a audio standard called Redbook Audio, and it's like if you ever had a PlayStation game that you could take out of the PlayStation and put into a CD, CD player, player and mm. just play the oh. music. I, I, I used to think that was the coolest shit. But, yeah, um, I thought it was amazing. The game, uh, for like, um, I talked about it a few weeks ago, but Nightmare Creatures, it had um, the music was recorded onto the disc, but not just music. It was like music overlaid with a- uh, atmospheric noise, like oh. sa- creepy, you know, window shutters creaking and wind blowing, and all these like sounds that you would hear on this creepy, you know, nighttime streets of, you know. London in the 1700s or whenever that game takes place. Yeah. And uh, it's a pretty simple trick because it's just a pre-rendered audio recording that plays back regardless of what happens in the game. But at the time, I was like, wow, how how immersive. (laughs) Made the game really creepy and really good. That's cool. I like that. We kind of skipped over like visual background stuff. Well, um, we can get there. Yeah. Talking of sound, though, um, I was playing Destiny last night, and uh, with uh, with uh, Peter, oh, and he he pointed, yeah, he pointed out that uh, 
if you go to like some of the places on Titan, like the Arcology, where the hive have really infested, and you're not shooting and there's no enemies, yeah. there's all this sound that you miss normally. Oh, see, that's cool. And there's like all this like uh, pulsing, like tubes, like uh, like intestines and on the walls. And then there's like little rocks with like hearts that have like this, this pulse. And wow. it's it's all really low. Yeah. And you, you like if you were just playing the game normally, you would never hear it. But if you just stop and look around, it's fascinating. Like there's so much sound that you don't normally hear, and it really kind of like, yeah, I was like, wow, this is some attention to detail that I'm glad I noticed. Yeah, it's cool when you take the time, you know, yeah. like when you actually do take the time and be like, wow, you put so much work into this thing. Yeah. And it's working. Good job. You know, like that's pretty cool. Sometimes I think games do it like not so subtly, mm. but uh. still do a good job. Um, the one I'm thinking of is, sorry, I earlier I mentioned Dead Rising 1. But the game that really did a good job with its like design, visual and audio design is Dead Rising 2. Because, um, you know, the game takes place in a... Uh, shopping mall? It's like a shopping mall. Yeah, it's like a, like a huge super complex that includes a shopping mall and some casinos. And yeah. The whole thing is so, just yeah. really American. So it's Koshigai Lake Town. Yeah. It's more like a... Even gaudier version of the Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota. Uh, okay. um, it's like the biggest indoor mall in the world, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah. And the whole thing is, you know, decorated like a realistic American shopping mall, like right down to the just like poor taste use of American flags and nice. <laughs> stuff you'd expect to see and stuff you'd expect to notice if you were an expatriate living outside America and you went back. And you're like, God, uh. this is <laughs> this is where I'm from. <laughs> um, and uh, I just I thought like, wow, it's this isn't a real place, but it feels like a real place, and it feels like it captures the sort of American consumerism or whatever. Um, but not only visually, the the soundtrack, which the majority of which is not like a score, but rather just the the music that plays in the mall. Uh, like the slow jams that play out in the you know hallways and right. the like the muzak the muzak yeah. and the gimmicky like um genre music that plays in the restaurants oh um, yeah nice the, like the you know the mariachi music in the mexican restaurant and the mandolin music in the italian restaurant like it's all really well done and i remember th i mean it wasn't like i had to stop and listen to it to notice it, it was really obvious and kind of in your face, but I just thought, wow, this is a ton of music, and it's all really well done. I can't imagine how many guest musicians they had to bring in to record it all. Actually, I had a question about Dead Rising and Dead Rising 2. Uh-huh. Why can't, like, is there a reason why you're, the main character can't just leave? Uh, his, his, the, the second one, it's about a girl uh, who needs zombie medicine. Yeah. Uh, okay. And in the first right. one, everyone's barricaded indoors in the mall because there are zombies outside. Well, there are zombies oh, inside okay. too. I, thought, I just assumed that there were zombies only inside of it. Like you could just get it. Okay. No, like at the beginning, you start off in Dead Rising One, like flying in on a helicopter, and you see that the whole town is like zombies. Uh, so in that case, the mall is the best place to be. Yeah, the mall has all the supplies. Like you go right, right, right. You go to Walmart. You know, in real life, it would be. It's like uh, Dawn of the Dead, the first Dawn of the Dead, the George A. Romero. Right. Yeah. Like, they got to use all of the stuff at their disposal in the mall to survive. Sweet. But, uh, yeah, I just thought that Dead Rising 2, like, took it up a notch, and I I felt like like that, that mall could really exist. Mm. So I was thinking back... Oh, good. No, you go. Uh, let's hear uh, from Matt. He doesn't talk that much. Yeah, he doesn't talk that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to change to talk about a game that really captivated me with its, like, world. Mm -hmm. uh, Bloodborne. Ooh. I would, uh, great. That's exactly I was like, 
Has anybody played Bloodborne? Because I'm sure that there's something really good there. Yeah. Like I'm, I don't know about the other FromSoft games because I haven't uh, haven't played them. But Bloodborne is just like incredible. Like the the world is amazingly detailed, mm. and when you look around, you really get a sense of how it used to be and how it's all gone bad. Yeah. Mm. And that's that's got to be a really hard to pull off. Like yeah, and it's incredible. Like like. There's so many like statues, and sure, there's some that repeat, but there's so many like unique statues and details, and you're like my god, the people that did like this, like the the world building, like the engineers and the artists are incredibly talented. And then combined with that, the music design, the sound design, is awesome because. If you're not fighting a boss, there's no music. Oh, cool. All right. Or it's incredibly quiet. Mm. And it's the sound. And it's really like that choice makes the game more tense. I don't remember much music in general in Bloodborne. Yeah, there isn't until you hit a boss and then it like just kicks in with like this orchestral uh, music with choir. The choir bit really sets it apart, I think, with the voices like... Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, I thought you were saying that there's no music during the boss fights, but the music kind of amps up, right? Yeah, the music suddenly appears. the boss fight starts. Sometimes you don't really know you're going into a boss fight, and then the music starts, and you're like, oh, shit! Yeah. Oh, that's kind of awesome. Do you remember that's a moment really early in Bloodborne where, uh, in what's the first area called? Old Yarnum? Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, or, or new New Yarnum and new then you Yarnum. go to Old Yarnum. That's right. So it's in New Yarnum where, like, I think the first one of the first places where you encounter the uh, crows, the enemy. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There's like a. There's like a a house that's all locked up, but it's got lights inside, and you can hear people like carousing. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I remember hearing that and thinking like, "Ah, oh, I'm stuck out here. <laughs> I want to yeah. go in there. <laughs> I want to go in there. It sucks out here. There's crows and shit. <laughs> Those crows are weird. <laughs> Wait, sorry, what are the crows? They just flop they just... around on the ground. <laughs> yeah. They're like oh, crows that yeah. can't fly. They're kind of gross. Yeah. And that game is so good at being gross. Like I, I've never played it. I've watched a couple pieces of like playthroughs and stuff, but that's it, it's just so wonderfully gross. And I don't like I again like I said before I don't like scary stuff and I don't like gross things. Um, but I, I've just got to like I just have to respect the skill you know like even though that's like entirely against what i am into (laughs) it's so well done that i'm like that i'm that's if there was one game that was like a scary game that i would maybe one day play it'd probably be bloodborne because like i i look so good yeah that would be a good one to choose like it is yeah i heard uh some I, I think it was podcast beyond or something. Um, they were talking about uh, somebody had like an idea for another. Oh, I think it's called From Software, right? Yeah, that's yeah, the, the developer. Yeah, yeah. Well, they used to make Armored Core. Yes. Yeah. And an Armored Core. Wait, did we talk about this before? No. No. An Armored Core. Uh, an Armored Core um, Bloodborne or like styled game would be the shit. Like. If they were, if they could somehow take like the kind of Dark Souls, Bloodborne, you know, core idea and uh, make and sci-fi you know, it up, yeah, and put it in Armored Core, ooh, I'd eat that up. So like a I'm super difficult that. game where you pilot a mech. Fuck yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. With big, with big crazy bosses that are like interestingly designed and like now i don't know how they do the whole like retracing your steps all the time because like that would be weird in a mech hmm. um but i don't know maybe Still, they can pull it off. i can't remember the last mech. time i played a game where you drive a mech other than diva in overwatch and she doesn't really count mechs aren't the thing anymore it's, it's sad yeah, when was the last time i got in a mech i right. can't even remember i mean like 
I feel like it was wasn't the... that long ago. No, it was. It was what's just what the uh, Titanfall. There we go. That's what it was. Titanfall. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, that's why it was in my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Hey, you guys. Yep. What about this? <laughs> what about um, functional backgrounds? Mm-hmm. Like where there is a purpose besides just looking good and being immersive to the way the game looks or sounds. For um, example, I'm thinking of the game that is the video backdrop for the vi- this uh, this podcast episode. And that's Mirror's Edge. Actually, I'm using Mirror's Edge Catalyst for the uh, video background. Oh, sweet. But uh, Mirror's that's Edge cool. has that, you know, really, like, unlikely but very iconic city design where everything's white. Well, sort very, of like very sterile and clean, yeah. Yeah, everything's really clean and almost like an extreme version of, uh, like, Sydney, Australia, where there are actually laws about what color your building can be. Um mm. But then, like, they, of course, use these bold, striking primary colors to show you, like, where you can wall run and where you can vault off of and stuff like that. Oh, okay. And from a design point, it's, like, really... It's it's really in your face. It's really obvious. Yeah. But it really works. It's also smooth as fuck. Like, it's like, yo, that fits exactly into this world. Like, it's... Even though everything else is bleak and this is really, like, separate from that... Because everything is so simple, poly, like, like there's, you know, there's not a lot of textures everywhere, right? It's just yes. like these nice sh- flat shapes. Um, having the, uh, what's it called? I, I think it's, um, I, I, I went to art school and I don't want to like mess up my genre of whatever things are and get yelled at by my mom. Um, why did I pay for you? Uh, <laughs> but like, you know, the kind of minimalistic, like, this flat thing with this one accent is like that's a that's a thing that's a style it's like seems kind of ikea and swedish to me hmm. um and like yeah mirror's edge does that perfectly where it's like you know yeah the accent is that's the way you're supposed to go yeah right uh and so it fits visually but it works and it's obvious and it's like it couldn't i'm not sure it could be better in terms of what it's trying to do like it takes the uh uncharted and horizon thing of like Remember, Uncharted One. I think everything that you had to, that you needed to climb on was white. I feel like there was, or it was yellow. In Horizon, everything's yellow. Okay, right? and, yeah. and you kind of think like, I mean, that's oh yeah, like the little useful. knobs that you can yeah, grab, the, like the ledge that you can anything you can climb is yellow. Yeah, and it's like okay, and I like thank you because I can't climb everything in this game, and it would be annoying to jump around. Trying to figure out which thing I can climb. Right. Wait. But is also, it, it's, it's kind of yellow oh, on like the old buildings. They're like the screws, and on like rocks and stuff, it's white, isn't it? Oh yeah, right. It's but the game conditions like, you to look for those colors. Right. And like you almost don't see them after a while because they just like that. You just see climbable, you know. Yeah. Um. But also, if you think about it for a second, it's like, well, why is this all this shit yellow? Like what? Like, really, at the edge of this rock, every time I come to the edge of this type of rock, there's always somebody who's conveniently put a stick with a bit of rope hanging down just a couple of feet that's yellow. Like, <laughs> really, guys, thanks. I mean, thanks for taking the time. Yeah. But but that doesn't you know, break so the immersion of the game, right? It, it doesn't. Not, not fully. Not too much. But if you, if you were going to take a second and think about it, it kind of would. Right. right? Yeah, but like what you're talking about with Mirror's Edge is like how you can't even you can't even you can't think about it and break it. It makes sense visually, you know. Yeah. Well, like while you've been talking, it really reminds me of like open world games, and when you set a waypoint Mm. on a map, and then usually they'll put like a like a a line on the road or something that you have to follow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of dumb. I hate that. But Mafia Three does something really cool with that. Oh yeah, the road and signs. That, what do they do? They they create road signs. Oh, so as you're coming towards that the are, junction, that you are need like, to turn. There's a there's read. like a triangular like sign yeah. pointing right. Oh okay. Oh and nice. It's, oh, it's I see, really I see. fucking clever. I was so impressed wow. when I saw it. Yeah, that it was. Cool. You know, it's, it's actually it's funny that it's taken us that long to get there because when you think about it, that's really. <laughs> like that's like a really like yeah simple way to fix that problem 
Yeah, like every other game just gets these blue lines all over the roads that you have to go yeah. down. And yeah. it's like, what? That's not how the world works. But, yeah. Man, yeah. that's cool as fuck. Matthew okay. 3 was really clever so. with that. I was so impressed. It's another thing that if you think about it, it doesn't make sense. Because it's like, why would there be a sign pointing exactly where I'm going? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tr- but at least it's in the world. It's in the world and it looks fine. Um, like, it doesn't, like, stand out too much. So... Yeah, that is yeah. cool. It's like whenever they have maps that are in the world that are in the world physically, like uh, in Dead Space, when like he, he would pop up his little map on his arm or whatever. Yeah. Do you, like, you know, it was like, I loved that that was like in the world. Oh, yeah, I got you. Um, like it didn't, it wasn't a, a screen that I went to. No. It was like, no, here's my map. I'm a little guy. And like uh, Far Cry tried to do something with it. Uh, I think two and maybe three. I don't think four does it. Um where like they like he physically got out a paper map, yeah, and then that turned into the screen. Oh no, no, I think like you were still holding it in front of you, and like you could keep driving while looking at the map, which is a terrible idea. <laughs> Getting a crash, Don't do that, right? But like you know, that kind of thing is is nice. It's if when you can pull it off, it's not necessary, mm. but it's cool. I'm glad you brought up Dead Space because yeah. uh, it's a horror game, right? Holy shit! Yeah, and um. A lot of horror games, especially Dead Space, and I think Silent Hill did this too, would uh, be really careful about their uses of light sources as ah. guides. So, like, because horror games tend to be overwhelmingly dark, but uh, anytime there's something important that the the developer doesn't want to just cop out and put like a sparkly on, you know what, what I mean when I say a sparkly, yeah. like they flash, like a yeah. glint, yeah. Yeah, That's like yeah. an easy way would just be like, oh, put a glint on it so the player knows they can pick it up. But I liked what uh, Silent Hill did, and I think, yeah, Silent Hill did it where the there either there'd be a light source showing you like you better look over here, mm. or the thing that was really cool and added to the horror of the game was that your character's head would turn toward the thing, and sometimes oh. you couldn't see what it was that your character's looking at, but your character would be like, huh? And like looked, he wouldn't say huh, but he'd just look to the side and you'd be like, what's he looking at? Is it an enemy? And then you get to that area and the camera moves and you're like, oh, okay, no, there's a key on the floor. <laughs> That's clever. That's pretty cool. Mm, yeah. yeah. It's, I forgot about the head move thing. Yeah. It helped and yet it made the game scarier because I would, my character's head would snap to the side and I'd be like, oh shit, what's he looking at? No. Oh. <laughs> Stop doing that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> But the light sources um, uh, really help. Like uh, Dead Space had a ton of places where it's like, if there wasn't like this really dominant like spotlight or uh, glowing thing, like glowing computer screen in one corner of the room, you wouldn't think to go there. But yeah. the game forces you to look because it's like it just makes it easy to see. Yeah, yeah which is important. Like it's lights cool. in a in a dark game, you you take notice. Yeah. And like you know, like a moth to the to the flame, yeah. Drawn there, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, you die, <laughs> and then you die like a moth to the flame. Yeah. Um, there was a game. Do you guys remember that game? I think it was called the Unfinished Swan. I oh, yeah, heard yeah. the title, but I didn't play it. Oh, I played it. Uh, hold on, wait. Oh, yeah, I play. I think it was free on PlayStation Plus. It was, yeah. Um, did, did it have a different uh, different Japanese title? Uh, yeah, probably. Probably. Let's find out. Um, Sorry, that's but, not yeah, important. So but. That whole... No, I must know now. Um, but that whole game is... Or, I don't know. I didn't play the entire game. I played part of it. And I liked it, but I got tired with it after a while. Um, but it seemed like that... I don't know. Game was mostly, like, like background as, you know function right like you're in a white space it's completely white and you throw this black ink out and then that paints the world just black and white but then you can see depth and stuff because you're like oh there's a wall there or like oh that's just a space in front of me um i found that pretty interesting it's a little it was a little on the nose like it was a cool idea and it sounds cool on paper um, but for me, like actually playing it, it was like, oh yeah, that's cool. And then I was like, oh, oh, how many hours is this? 
you know. It wasn't that long. It. I think it's like four hours. Yeah, that was too much though. Still, like uh-huh. after an hour, I was like, I okay, I needed, and maybe a new thing was about to pop up, and I just didn't give it enough time. But like, the focusing on the background is great in small periods of time. You know, like when you when again in Horizon, when I take that moment, I'm like, whoa, look at all that. That's cool. I'm gonna take out the camera, the photo app or whatever, yeah. and spend five or ten minutes taking pictures, and then I'm done, and I go back to the game. You know. Mm. Um, or like, you know, you're talking about in, uh, Bloodborne or in, um, we just talked about it. Sorry. Uh, space, scary. Dead space. Uh, dead space. <laughs> um, like, space scary. you know, <laughs> that's a better title. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> space. EA sports. Colon, not scary. Sports. EA games yeah. presents space scary. Yeah. But like, you know, yeah, you're going to take that second to look at the thing or, oh, that's interesting. But again, if you had to do that for an hour, I think you'd be like, so that's how that's how I fell out of love with Unfinished Swan. But again, it was pretty cool. Matt, you played it. What did you think? Yeah, I liked it. I played it a couple of times. I think I played it on my Vita and the PS4. I didn't realize it came out on Vita. Yeah. Neither did I. And PS3 as well, right? First. Yeah, PS3 too. Yeah, first. And uh, no, I I wish I had bought a Vita. I um I really enjoyed it. The first time I was just captivated. I loved it. I wanted to paint the whole world. Every room I went into, I had to paint everything. <laughs> How's that different from normal life? Uh, yeah. You just walk into a room and chuck ink everywhere. <laughs> but, and Sorry. the story I sent, was kind of... I sent you guys on a wild goose chase, or I guess a wild swan chase, swan chase as it were. Yeah. Because the <laughs> Japanese title of Unfinished Swan is Unfinished Swan. <laughs> so it's the same. <laughs> Sorry about that. I thought it had a different title. But yeah, it's cool. And you're trying to find the footprints for the swan as you go through. And like if you color parts of the room, you see these golden footprints you can follow to get through. And like, it was nice. There's some puzzles you had to work out. But yep. yeah, I enjoyed yep. that. And, um, it kind of reminds me of uh, The Witness. Ah. In the fact that the background's really important in The Witness, too. Mm. Like, the world has been very meticulously built to help you solve puzzles. Mm. And sometimes, like... And the way the puzzles work, like, it guides you, like, okay, this thing, and then this thing, and then... And then suddenly you notice in the background of the puzzle you're looking at is a very similar pattern and you're like oh i need to look at the trees to work this puzzle out oh my god and then you step back and you're looking at the world and like it gives you a purpose to look at the world created which is kind of cool hmm because usually you just you just stop and go wow that's really cool uh move on like eric was saying but the witness like you have to study it like that's where the answer is yeah and it's that's that's really clever yeah that's another example of functional scenery. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, right, totally, yeah. And uh Watch Dogs is another one I think has really functional like world. Wait, stuff. Watch Dogs so, has functional scenery? Well Well yeah, I mean okay. you walk around the world and you can interact with like uh like traffic lights and Oh, I see what you mean. Uh, like I mean it doesn't you would normally that would normally be simply scenery in most games are become you know, something you can affect the game world yeah through. that's cool by the way yeah. you know how in watchdogs like messing with the traffic lights was supposed to be a, a way that you could escape the police yeah i never was able to use it for that when i played that well game. i was thinking that because like you remember the i think they they just stole that from the movie hackers right like that's yeah. that was the whole which is a great movie by the way but like i was thinking about that like i don't know man that seems like you'd have to be a lot of things would have to go your way. Yeah, you got to be super and, lucky, right? And your timing has to be amazing. Yeah, it and never probably works. Probably more more than one light in a row, right? It's one thing if you have the right timing to to mess the traffic lights up late enough for you to get through the intersection, but early enough to mess with the police behind you. Yeah, yeah. But it was like I never escaped the police using that trick, like. I I always ended up having to cheese the game and escape by swimming into Lake Michigan because oh, the police wouldn't chase you. They don't have boats in that game, so they just they're just like, oh, we don't know where he is. Well, call off the search, and then I'd swim back to land, and that's when I would mess with the traffic lights just for fun. 
right. Yeah, yeah, just to be... You know, just to watch, because... Oh, that brings us to another thing. So we talked about it a couple Satanism? weeks ago. No, um, in Watch Dogs, one of the <laughs> best like, things... Yeah, here we go. One now of the, the best things about started. the world is the NPCs. Oh, you beat me to it. All right, I'm and just the, typing that into my... In Watch Dogs, you could mess the traffic light, and then the people would mash their cars together, and people would get out of their cars, which are on fire, but they wouldn't run away. They'd just be like, huh, my car's on fire. Yeah, <laughs> stand around stand looking there. at it. Going, huh. <laughs> and then the car explodes, and they're all dead. And I'm like, you guys, what is, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and, but, but that do you kind reckon, of stuff, uh, yeah, NPCs are important in the world building, in the backgrounds. It's important. Even though yeah. they're, they're always idiots? In- yeah. But like in every game that there is an NPC that's not an enemy, right? Mm. Like it's so uh a great example of when it like when you don't have this is like Far Cry 2, which was a kind of awesome game except for there were zero NPCs that were not enemies. I mean like there, there were one or two or whatever, but you never saw them. Yeah. So every time you saw anything move, it was an enemy. Yeah, we and talked about this. No. Exactly. But like that you know that that shows like even in like for instance Watch Dogs which was maybe not the greatest game, uh, uh, I can say with assurance that it was not the greatest <laughs> game. But like you know, you being able to follow around that dude with a hot dog or hot dog uh, Malone. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> which I did watch that video and it is hilarious. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, hi- highly recommended. But like. You know, doing that or, you know, just the fact that there's hustle and bustle happening. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you you know, like when you play a game where you go to the this town and you're like, really? Like, only six people live here. How the fuck does this place work? You know, like, <laughs> like where are these resources coming from? Uh, and then, I don't know. Or, or if you see, like, okay, you just do a very simple pattern always like forever like you like pick this up you walk around in a circle you put the thing down and that's all that happens yeah it it's actually like distracting and takes you out of the situation but if you think about something like uh assassin's creed um the recent most recent or not most recent unity is one last one i played right there were so many people and crowds of people that like there was always something happening and it felt like a bustling community, a bustling area, right? Mm-hmm. And that made allowed me to like focus on the thing that I was supposed to focus on, right? Yeah. It didn't take me out of it. And I think that's really clever. It's really nice when NPCs are cleverly done as background and it's amazingly jarring when they're fucked up. I, I kinda like it when they're when they're crap though. When they're well, crap, yeah, I mean, you're it's Jesse fun. Jace yeah. though. It's yeah. so yeah. entertaining. Right. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Neither of you guys played Final Fantasy fifteen, right? No, no. Um, it's got in like the first town that you can access. Not the first town, but one of the first areas that has NPCs walking around. There are these street musicians, and it's just two guys. There's like a guy with a guitar and a guy playing like a conga drum or something, and uh, they just endlessly play the same song forever, and the song. <laughs> doesn't have any lyrics but the guy is singing and it's his voice is like la 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 it's just this la 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 and uh the absurdity of these guys you know their their actions don't match the song they're playing the words are idiotic the song is just stupid it's about 32 bars long and it just repeats endlessly um so they follow you around no, they don't follow you. Um, and I don't think you're meant to stand there and listen to them. Like, it's designed as something you're supposed to just walk past. Yeah, it's just like, this is something that could be happening on a street. Yeah. Yeah. But it's when you stop and listen to it that you, in a way, you break the game. Because you expose this just absurdity that's going on. It's like, all a lie! Yeah. I, I know that games like aren't the- meant to be enjoyed like that, but I really like doing that. <laughs> No, it's cool. It's like uh, the people that um, uh, just watch movies for like uh, continuity errors or like editing <laughs> mistakes. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, I mean, he I had red red pants in this scene, and then the next one he's got blue pants. You, you just call him a nerd. Ah, uh, yeah, 
Like I called him King of the yeah. Nerds. I don't yeah. watch movies for that purpose, but when I'm watching a movie, I notice that stuff. So yeah. you could argue that I'm partly watching the movie for that purpose. <laughs> I, I, I will say I do get a new sense of pride when I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense because of this and that. Like I, I try not to say it out loud too much, but it is like it is a satisfying. Like, well, you guys, uh, you guys can't confuse. You can't like wave your hands and magic me and hypnotize me. I know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't. There is a there is a satisfaction there. It's like you outsmarted the the movie or the right. game. Yeah, which is hilarious. Is they were like, I don't know, man. Enough people won't care that whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's fun. I like those websites, like where you can go and check it. You're like, okay, yeah. uh, you just type movie name and like uh, editing errors, and there'll be a yeah. whole list of search results. I'm, yeah, and I'm sure I'm not nearly as good at it as I think I am. <laughs> you know, I'm sure that like I catch one in a movie, and I'm like, yeah, I'm amazing. And then, like, there's probably a hundred. Uh, yeah, this this kind of stuff people notice is incredible. Like the detail, yeah. especially like mm. since DVDs came along and people could actually pause and advance right. slowly and scrub back and forth. Yeah, yeah. But the stuff people used to notice on like VCR, by the way. Um, sorry, it's a little off topic, but still, I want to answer. Why? I think why it's it related to so when you back in the days of analog uh, recording, like using uh-huh. tape. Right. like magnetic tape, you could um, kind of move the... Get this wire brush. No, no, no. Like, you know how, okay. like, you know how a DJ, like, scrubs on a record back and forth to make a... The wickety, 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 To make it the, yeah, scratching sound. Like, when that, it, that action... Yeah, yeah. The action of using your hand to move the thing is called scrubbing because it's like you're wiping the thing. Oh, right. okay. okay. And okay. you could do that with tapes back in the day in a studio if you had the right kind of tape player you could like go with a with a magnetic tape. And oh, that was okay. called scrubbing. So then that that just survived into the digital era as a word, I think. Yeah. Thanks, Jesse. The Thanks. more you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Which, the, the dumbest thing is, even though this is a podcast, I did the like rainbow with a star gesture in my house, sitting by myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was gonna say my uh, my uh, university days girlfriend uh, was a huge fan of Leonardo DiCaprio and of the movie Titanic. Uh-huh. And she I tried saw so hard to hate on that movie, but it is actually a good movie. <laughs> she went and saw Titanic something like seven times in the theater. I don't know. That's Jeez. a lot. That's, That's a, a lot, lot of Titanic. It's a long it, movie, too. It's like three hours. Yeah. <laughs> she's, so Wait, she's, so that's 21 hours. So that's almost a day of her life yep. she spent. But the, as a result, then when, when yeah. by the time I watched it with her, she had seen it so many times. She, she started saying to me, like, oh, watch, up here there's going to be a mistake. And she had noticed oh. all these mistakes because she saw it so many times in the theater. I was like, doesn't it make you enjoy the movie less? And she was like, no. Nah. <laughs> it's still a good movie. Yeah. yeah just the, the only thing that really pissed me off about that movie is like, it, and everybody says this and everybody knows, but like there's clearly enough space on that wooden board for two people. Oh, like, yeah. What an asshole. <laughs> like, what? Just move I think over. I saw somewhere that. Um, yeah. That that keeps getting brought up, and they debunked yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did they do? They like, go on MythBusters and like and some some the... kind of like yeah. Uh, everyone's like he could have survived, and it's like no. The scene starts with both of them on it, but it's it's oh, sinking. Oh, okay. Oh, is that what? Ha- See, that's how badly I remember this movie. Yeah, so. and actually. Like, so, okay. we- it shouldn't have even gotten to that point because, like, most people who fell in the water in that actual disaster, they died yeah. instantly because yeah, the water right. gave them cardiac arrest because it was so cold. Yeah. It was actually below zero Celsius water, even though it wasn't ice. Like, it was right. below. Yeah. 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 Anyway, now we're talking about anyway, Titanic. whatever. Titanic. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fun. So, Ikinari Titanic. Yeah. Um, it's getting close to uh, do this time, I think. I got I got one more. I got one more. Do you remember okay. when they started saying like I'm trying to think of what's the first game that you can remember when they were like see those mountains? Yeah, you can go there. Like I'm trying to remember probably remember, uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Oh. Yeah. 
Right, because everything that's visible in that game you can get to. I think so. It's always an island. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like, well, I I say San Andreas because San Andreas was the first Grand Theft Auto that actually had mountains. That's true. Right. 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 So before that. They they could have been like, see that tree? You can get there. Because, I mean, like in so many open world games, the boundary is a mountain chain. And then there's, you know, stuff. You can see stuff like, or it doesn't happen so much now, but like you could see stuff back in the day that was farther. and But it was fake. Right. It was just a drawing, and, yeah. Like, for instance, there's boundaries in Skyrim, but the they're way farther than you thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. When you're like, oh, that look look at that majestic peak in the distance. I wish I could go there. And then like there's a mission like go to the majestic peak. And you're like, oh, yeah, sweet. Anyway, I was just trying to think like, what do you think, Matt? Um, Matt well, the first game I remember that? with that is Just Cause Two. Oh, because I didn't Classic. play a lot of open world games to start with. I didn't used to play first person games or open world games. I didn't play them. Mm. And Just Cause Two is the first one I remember going. Oh, I see that thing. I can go there. So wait, so you were just like playing puzzle games or? Uh, yeah, I used to play like uh, like God of War style games or. Ah, uh, okay, right. Or right. Uh, yeah, platformers or sports right, games. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what's up. Yeah, open world games. I, I was approve. Like, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> there's, uh, there's no, there's like, I want to just be guided through a game. I was like, I didn't trust myself as a gamer to, to f- like create my own gameplay in an open right. world game but, well, as I but got they, older, they do give you a lot of freedom in just cause with that yeah. stupid parachute <laughs> and the uh, slingshot thing yeah it's the, the dumbest hook. game mechanic and it was so fun it's so much it's fun. yeah it's like again it's like this is so stupid that's not how physics work but it's awesome yeah. <laughs> like, yeah and i'm glad that right away from the beginning you have to suspend that disbelief and get over it yeah, because right. you're going to be using it the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that game was silly. I need to play three more. I haven't played it enough. I yeah, think that was I didn't on it. PlayStation. It was, Plus, right? yeah. Like we, still, we all have that for free, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I bought it, it when it came out, and then I, I played it partway through and didn't finish. But Yeah, I think, I think that's what you're supposed to do with Just Cause games. Like I think you're supposed to play it a bunch and then be like, okay. I mean, I'm not really worried about forgetting what the plot was about. (laughs) Right. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Uh, All right. Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Let's do this. I have a new do this uh, stinger for you to hear. Oh, yeah. Hold on on a second. Let Let me get it so you can hear it. Do this. Oh, fuck. Wait, do it again. Do it again. All right. Hold on. Do this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's never going to get old. Okay. Um. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll go. Um, do this, everyone. So I want you to look up a fellow named Brent Weinbach. Weinbach. W-E-I-N-B-A-C-H. Uh, he's a comedian. And uh, I first came across him in a YouTube uh sitcom i guess that was made by another uh, stars another comedian who goes by dj doug pound um his real name is doug Lusenhop. so the, doug Lusenhop and and brent weinbach made this show called pound house <laughs> oh jesus pound house this, uh, what, what is this rated no, it's uh, it's a <laughs> little like it gets a little. There's a little bit of gross out humor, like a little bit yeah. Tim and Eric. Okay. The, by the way, these guys are uh, at least Doug Lusenhop is a friend of Tim and Eric, so he worked on Tim and Eric Awesome Show, great job, and he did a lot of the sound editing on the show, which means he's responsible for all those cringy, squishy noises that you hear on Tim and Eric. But um, but Poundhouse is a really funny show with just really short episodes. And uh, on the show, Doug Lusenhop has this creepy neighbor, played by Brent Weinbach, who uh, is probably the funniest thing about the show, I think. And uh, I recommended that show to a bunch of people, and then years later, I somehow managed to stumble across Brent Weinbach's podcast, which, get this, is a video game music podcast. What? Uh, Yeah, he's into game music. So he has a podcast called The Legacy Music Hour. And he plays 
third and fourth generation console game music and uh, arcade music from around the same period. Wow. So that's like uh, 8-bit and 16-bit era. Hmm. And I was so thrilled to to find that podcast. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, you're, it's the creepy neighbor guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I couldn't get over it. So do that. <laughs> do all of that. All right. <laughs> what you got, Matt? What you got, Matt? Um, mine is uh, something to make everyone smile. Or okay. to creep them the fuck out. Hmm. Poundhouse. It's to yeah. keep um, Poundhouse. Yeah, the Poundhouse. Yeah, hey, come to the Poundhouse. No thanks. <laughs> no, it's uh, to keep some post-it notes on your person at all time, and randomly just write something and leave it. <laughs> oh, that actually sounds like a lot of fun. You can yeah, I I've been doing it recently. Where do you do this? At home? Uh, no, anywhere. Just out. At- at work? In public? In public, yeah. yeah. Oh. And okay. just write a note, yeah. like, like you're awesome, and then just stick it somewhere. Right. Or, <laughs> don't look behind, look behind you. you. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun. I mean, it's fun for me, so it would be fun for you too. I don't know if it's fun Especially because you get it. to imagine the story that happens later. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's wow. good. I like that. I, I'm definitely going to do that. <laughs> that's, that's like the real world equivalent of fucking with NPCs in games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. It's real world watchdogs. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, I actually have way too many do this. Do this. this do, do, do these. Yeah. Do these. Um, uh, maybe you can help me decide. Just pick. Um, why don't you like make a list of them and save them up? I do. I have a. I know. Uh, all right. Fine. I'm gonna do one that's not video game related. Uh, okay. So, do you guys know who Max Landis is? No. No. He is a. He's not particularly famous, but he's like he's a writer. He he's written some movies that people either like or don't like. I think he wrote wrote Chronicle. Do you remember that like superhero movie? That was about like kids getting super proud. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> he also writes comic books, and uh, he's on a couple of podcasts that I listen to. But I started watching his YouTube channel. Um, oops, forgot to look up the name of it because it's not Ma- well. If you just look for Max Landis, you can find it. Um, he's got a bunch of really interesting videos. It's usually just him talking to the screen, and some of them are interesting pitches for movies or video games, or, or sorry, or uh, comic books. And he made a, a pitch for the death and rebirth of Superman. That's the first that hit I got on Google. It's really good. It's really good. Um, By the way, his uh, YouTube channel is called Up to My Knees. Yeah, yes, which is like, okay, I get it, in shit, right? Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, first of all, he's very, he's a pretty eccentric, weird dude. He's very passionate, but he's also really smart in terms of like how to take something and adapt it and change the like take the pieces of something you know like my mother is a big Superman fan. I uh, grew up with like Superman comics and stuff, so I'm really familiar with like a lot of the material. I'm familiar with the death and rebirth of Superman, and his pitch took has all the pieces that I remember from that particular comic book, but like kind of put it together in a really interesting way that was new and exciting and made Superman a cool and interesting hero instead of what everybody complains about. Oh, he made Superman great again. Oh, God damn it. You know what? Don't do it. You've ruined it. You've ruined everything. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Max Landis, do do this. Yeah. Do Max Landis? To have sex with him. Do Max Landis. Well, I mean, (laughs) I wasn't my first. You know, I don't know. Maybe he's into that. I don't Look, so do this. Is he, is he handsome? Oh, just, yeah, do this. I'll put it back. Just is he do a double this, bagger? Go watch. <coughs> I just, he's, he seemed like a good-looking guy when I saw his YouTube channel. He's, okay. he's a very good-looking guy. He's a do this. Bagger. Go okay. watch Max Landis's Death and Rebirth of, of Superman. <laughs> okay. It's quite a long video, right? It's like 45 minutes. It is. Minutes. It's like 40 minutes. Uh, but <gasps> 40 minutes? It, Fuck off. But it'll... It's... I mean, he, it's the ent- he essentially reads the entire plot of the comic of the comic book like uh, arc from his head, uh, but it's pretty, it's really well edited and it's uh, it'll grab you. If the first minute doesn't like hook you, then then you know. Fascinating. 
YouTube is right. such a fascinating place. It is. Um, everybody who's listening, I want you to know that you can email us at ikinaripodcast at gmail.com. Um, please do email us. Maybe you've got to do this f- recommendation for us. Maybe you've got a recommendation for a topic we can talk about. Maybe you've just got a snide comment. We don't care. Send it. We'll probably read it on the show because nobody's written to us yet. <laughs> 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 um, you can also find links to the audio and video versions of all our episodes at the i at the URL ikinaripodcast.blogspot.com and from there you can find us on iTunes, on YouTube, and we have a Book Facebook face. page. Yes. If you don't want to send us an email, you can give us a comment on Facebook or a private message or whatever. Just do it. God damn it. Do it, guys. This is the do it for us. Do this. Comment. Do this. Acknowledge us. (laughs) For real though. For real though. Please. Acknowledge us. (laughs) I just need to know that someone's listening. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Ikinari Podcast. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.